Hello there everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the second season of Psyched to be with you. This time my special guest is Michael aka Smirky. Uh, Michael is a Twitch partner, a Toontown legend, communications degree graduate and upcoming panellist boss if I do say so. In my humble opinion, uh, Michael is just another great human. I had the pleasure of meeting at PAX East 2022, and speaking with him was fantastic, inspiring, and genuinely really insightful. Uh, we talk about, as you might imagine, all things Twitch, streaming, content creation, uh, aspiration, charity streaming, and a whole bunch more. Um, it was really great to be a part of, honestly, uh, hearing what like, sort of keeps Michael going and, and how he continues to be awesome it was really great and I, I genuinely took a lot away from this episode uh, so i really hope you do as well um all the links you need to catch up with uh, michael are attached to wherever you found this episode uh, do please enjoy it now hello there everyone and welcome to another episode of psyched to be with you episode nine i had to think about it it's not really that hard because there's one a month, so it shouldn't be an actual task. But there it is. Today, got another fantastic extra special guest lined up for you. I'm very excited about this one. This is something that we've not really had on the podcast before, so I'm very excited to break that new ground today. This is yet another in the series of someone I met at PAX, because that's how the, the show sort of seems to roll. Um, but yeah. Hopefully you will enjoy this one much one as much as I know I will if I can get my teeth in. Um, all that remains for me to do is say, uh, my special guest, if you could please introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. Hi, uh, my name is Michael. I go by Smirky uh, on socials and stuff like that. I'm a content creator, live streamer. Um, I've been streaming for about ten years. Uh, I also have been partnered on Twitch for the past four years. Um, I am a LGBTQIA plus variety streamer. Uh, I also do a bunch of like charity work. Um, so I, in terms of games I stream, I started out by streaming a game called Toontown, which used to be like this old school, like Disney MMO from like way back in the day. A lot of people, I'm surprised at how many people like actually remember this game. Um, <laughs> when I tell them like, you know, the golden question, like, what do you stream or what do you do? Like, that's usually um, what happens. People remember it. Um, so I focused on that for a long time, and now I'm branching out into variety. Uh, we focus on, like, multiplayer interactive things, but I'll also dabble in some single-player experiences as long as there's some kind of interactivity going on with our community. Um, and then on the charity side of things, we've uh, fundraised for a lot of organizations uh like saint jude children's research hospital extra life the trevor project the list goes on we've uh fundraised over sixty five thousand dollars for different charities over the years which is really cool as well so um that's a little bit about me uh on the content creation side and then on the personal side the michael side uh i just graduated college um in december 2021 with my bachelor of arts in communication studies um, and a minor in music and a certificate in digital media studies as well. So, um, and I've, I'm originally from the Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas. Um, but just last month I moved out to Las Vegas and now I'm with a lot of my, uh, good friends who I've known for years, um, which is really cool to kind of like live with them. So that's a bit of insight on me. That's my intro. That was uh, pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot to, to, digest, <laughs> to save the flavor of there um, absolutely 
So I think for for the benefit of of uh, anyone who's listening, let let's break down a, a little bit of like what that because because I've had this question before. I I stream a little bit a comparison to someone like yourself, <laughs> but like what it, can you define what Twitch is for us? Because that is a question I've been asked before. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people these days are starting to like see Twitch's like branding. Like um, the other day, like I just I was. Uh, driving past the big like Allegiant Stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders play, you know, football here in the States. And um, there was an ad on their big LED board for Twitch. So it's it's over the recent years been trying to become more mainstream. But what is Twitch? Um, it's essentially like a live streaming uh, service. So people from anywhere, really, any backgrounds can start up a channel. They can uh, just broadcast in real time to a live audience uh, doing whatever it is they do. It started out predominantly um, as Justin.tv, um, I think around the 2011 timeframe. And uh, I uh, I could be wrong there, but uh, it started out predominantly as like a gaming you know, platform. And to this day, I would say that Twitch is known primarily for its gaming but there's a lot of other creators out there too i have friends who are in the creative space uh musicians artists um people who just chat people who share their travels in real life irl live streaming like in real time um so that way people can like be part of the adventure um there's just so many different things now that like twitch encompasses which is kind of awesome so um yeah it became I, I think around the 2012, because that's when I created my Twitch account. That's probably, I think, when Twitch was really starting off. And then um, I think it was around 2014, I remember, when at first there was rumors of, like, Google taking, you know, acquiring Twitch. But instead, it ended up being Amazon. Um, so now Twitch is an Amazon subsidiary. Um, so all of us know about Amazon. So they have, like, integrations with Twitch there. Um and the platform has just continued to grow ever since. There's, you know, millions upon millions of people that are, you know, using the platform uh, that, you know, do a live stream every single month. Um, the numbers just continue to grow on a platform like Twitch. Um, and it's pretty incredible to watch how the platform has evolved over time. So I know that was kind of a tangent as to what Twitch is, but uh, that's a little bit of insight into that very very insightful i mean the, the best i kind of get to is like it's like watching a video on youtube but live um basically you know and like and like a lot yeah. of people you can kind of see them go oh, okay i kind of get that and there's a bit more to it than that to be fair that's a very reductive oh, kind of view. absolutely there's so much that goes into twitch that goes into the whole world of content creation that a lot of people don't even realize and as i think it's continued to grow and more people get into content creation. Uh, you know, someone like me who's young growing into it, like it, it definitely, um, you know, there's just, it's, it's such fast paced. Like there's always something going on. Like literally as we're sitting here, there's probably thousands upon thousands of people live streaming, like on platforms like Twitch, on YouTube, Facebook, like there's all kinds of different platforms out there too. So, um, like I originally started streaming on YouTube when I started my content creation journey before live streaming on YouTube was cool. Um, and then I think I like actually started streaming on Twitch around like late 2015, 2016 ish. Um, but I had been using Twitch for uh, over 10 years now. So as like a user browsing, watching people's live streams, stuff like that. I feel like that is one of like, 
the most natural kind of progressions that I ever hear of. It's, it's what happened to me. It's what happened to like a bunch of other people in it. You end up watching it maybe because like you found someone on YouTube or and you, they, you, oh yeah, like I stream, come check, catch it live. And then you turn up and then like you're in chat and then everyone like makes friends. And then, and you know, I feel like generally speaking, a lot of content creators are like, yeah, like give it a go if you want. Like, you know, uh, like why not give it a go? Yeah. See if it's for you. Um, and then that's how I started. I was definitely part of that, uh, for lack of a better phrase, like that COVID cohort. Like a lot of people picked yeah. up streaming through the pandemic, right? Um, Absolutely. Out of, out of interest, given someone who's using it way, way before then, how big of a shift did you see the pandemic have on Twitch? And do you think, I feel like I saw that crest fall like within like, where are we now, 2022? The last sort of six to eight months, maybe? I've seen it kind of tail off again. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen like a lot more people get into it. I've heard lots of stories of like some of the newer, like people who get um, affiliated and partnered on Twitch, how they had just started around the time, you know, the pandemic hit and a lot of people were quarantined into their homes. Um, So I know definitely streaming was on the rise. Um, I think it was around the time of the pandemic that like um, my, at the time in Dallas, local, TV station, local NBC news station had um, done a story on uh, what I've done with some of my charity work. They uh, featured me on like their live broadcast and stuff, which was really cool. So um, it was like, you know, there were all these stories popping up of like people, you know, streaming, you know, like people honing in their gaming skills and things like that as, you know, people, you know, playing Animal Crossing, like religiously, like talking about it nonstop. Um, so gaming definitely, from what I saw at least, saw uh, an increase when the pandemic hit. And I, I do also understand the whole tailing off side of it too because, you know, of how attitudes have shifted and how, you know, the pandemic has played out as it, you know, is, you know, continuing to play out. Um, it certainly is um, interesting to see how, like, people have, like, you know, um, you know, how, how the numbers have fluctuated, I guess, in terms of like how many hours are being watched, things like that. Um, you know, for all the different like platforms out there too. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it it is interesting to kind of like observe how things have shifted, uh, both when the pandemic hit and looking at today and how things are, you know, shifting as these platforms are like trying to, you know, push out all these ads and stuff like that to like, you know, I guess, continue to be more mainstream, you know, trying to continue to ride off of the increase of the pandemic. So this is, this is probably going to be the most obvious question. I am, I am aware of that there are some things that you can't say, but what is being a Twitch partner like? Like, what is that? Because, you know, for those that don't know, there's like the three tier system of streamer slash viewer, affiliate, and then partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I can even like shed insight on like how it was beforehand when I was first on Twitch. So if you're on Twitch these days, you'll notice a lot of people have like the subscription button under their channel, which is like a paid monthly subscription, um, that you can pay for to get extra benefits on the channel, like emotes, like a little badge next to your name. You can have ad free viewing depending on the circumstances of that channel. Um, but Back when I was first on Twitch, 
the sub button was a hot commodity. It was very elusive. It was very rare. And in order to be a Twitch partner, what was listed on the website was you had to have like 500 average viewers, you know, and things like that, like really high numbers. That wasn't always the truth though. Um, I knew friends around the 2016, 2017 era who got partnered with, I would say like over a hundred concurrent viewers, even though that was still listed on the website. Um, but it, at first it was just, you're either a viewer, a broadcaster, or you end up working your way up to partner. But in 2017, um, Twitch announced the affiliate program, which was kind of like a stepping stone in between, you know, just being a broadcaster and being a partner. Now you have the affiliate program. Um, I became an affiliate when the program launched, um, as I was at the time, uh, not partnered. Um, I had been working to it. I, I, I ended up before I got partnered applying like 10 different times. Um, and you'll hear a lot of stories like of people who apply like a dozen plus times before they actually like get accepted into the partner program. Um, but the affiliate program uh, was kind of meant to like build the bridge a little bit. Um, granted, um, you know, the, I guess it's a little subjective, but uh, the requirements are very on the low end of things, having like three average viewers, 50 followers, things like that. But then um they had adjusted the partner program requirements too with the new achievement system that they put out because um, they have achievements for path to affiliate and path to partner. So path to partner is 75 average viewers in the last 30 days, I think, as well as uh, 12 unique broadcasts and 25 hours watched all within a 30 day period. If you check off all those boxes, you're able to apply to the Twitch partner program. It's not guaranteed that you'll get into the partner program. Um, Cause at first, like you would, I remember like, Tim the Tapman, like really well-known streamer who's on YouTube now, but he was on Twitch at the time. He rated me. So suddenly all three of those boxes were immediately checked off and my statistics were like very inflated. But um, so obviously they want to see consistency. So they didn't accept that application. Um, eventually I worked my way up to having a consistent audience when I applied, um, which is good. So um, basically some of the differences though of like the actual like programs, right? So if you're accepted into the affiliate program, you get those achievements checked off, you get the invite, um, you'll get your subscription button, which only used to be for Twitch partners back in the day. You also get um, access to uh, receiving bits and the way that bits work, it's like, I guess, kind of like a digital currency of sorts on Twitch, which is essentially um, every bit that is cheered in your chat is equivalent to a penny. So um it, uh, at least I know I'm talking from U.S. currency standards, but um, if you, uh, you if you get one bit, that's one penny. 100 bits is a dollar. You do the math. Um, a thousand bits is ten dollars. Things like that. Um, and uh, whenever you purchase bits through the little store that they have in sight, uh, Twitch takes a cut of the purchase. But whenever you're actually using bits, 100 percent of the bits goes to the creator. Um, so that's kind of how that works. And then subscriptions, of course, again. Monthly subscription, uh, you have different tiers now. So uh, it used to be just the $4.99 a month, but uh, you can also do $9.99 a month or $24.99 a month. Um, at least, again, those are the numbers in the US. So if you're in a different country, it might differ. But um, I mean, if I remember right, are, regional mm-hmm. pricing only came in like last year. It's still regional yeah, pricing, still quite new. It is quite new. So um, yeah, those, those are the 
you're you're definitely right there. But um, those are still the prices that I look at. And then also because Twitch is an Amazon subsidiary, if you have like Prime, you can get like a free sub that you. Uh, it's like one 30 day free sub that you can use on any channel of your choice. It costs you absolutely nothing extra, and uh, it is the same value as a tier one sub, four ninety nine a month. Um, and uh, that's essentially what you get as an affiliate subs bits. Um, you now, I think it some emotes, which wasn't how it was originally when I was part of the affiliate program. Um, cause I definitely like changed it and incentivized it a bit more. Um, and then, uh, there's probably a few other benefits I'm forgetting, but, um, in terms of like how many affiliates there are, there are so many affiliates, um, on Twitch now. Um, you, it's, uh, if there's someone who's been streaming for a while, they're probably going to be an affiliate. Um, uh, just because there's so many, I can't remember what the number was when I last checked. Um, but it was very exponential compared to the partner program and the partner program is, um, essentially like the step up, you get accepted into the partner program. And I believe it's kind of like the top percentage of creators on Twitch. I mean, at least that's the idea. So, um, I believe we've come up to somewhere over 50,000, maybe over 60,000 partners as of this broadcast, um, when I joined the partner program, we were around 35,000 partners. Um, and that was about, I want to say like 0.01 or something percent of the creators on Twitch that were part of the partner program. Um, the partner program is primarily going to consist of creators who like have worked up to that point. Um, but you may also have some exceptions like Maybe it's an esports organization or an esports player, and they worked with that organization to work with Twitch to get partnership. Um, things like that are also, um, you know, they are part of the partner program, um, but they kind of did it that way. Um, but yes, overall, though, like the partner program consists of like some of the, I guess, top creators on Twitch. Um, and when you are a partner, you get to have more emotes. Um, you get uh, a little verified check mark next to your name. So it kind of like is part of the authenticity side of things as your, as a partner, your channel gets verified. Um, and um, let's see, you get like custom cheer modes, you get um, just a lot more, there's a lot more like leverage with the partner program. There's um, it's not like a lot of people like uh, have a misconception about it being like the end all be all like you've made it once you're a Twitch partner, but Honestly, it's just part of the like path. It's like a stepping stone because I did the mistake of doing like, all right, guys, we're going to push for partnership. Let's, let's do this. All right. We're, we're going to reach for the stars. Right. And then we got it and we reached for the stars and then like, you know, there's nothing else to attain as it appears. So, you know, things start like declining and your viewership goes down and there's a lot of current partners who will talk about that. Um, but, um, honestly, like I've, you know, for me, I've, you know, enjoyed the highs and the lows and I've, you know, had a really great journey as a partner for, I, it's crazy to think that it's been four years because for me, uh, Twitch partnership happened uh, about a month or so. It, it, yeah, it was a month after I graduated high school. Um, I'm a very young content creator, very young Twitch partner still. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very young, um, which, you know, a lot of the content creators that I tend to see on Twitch that like end up getting partnership these days. Um, I would say that they're older. I'm not saying that I haven't seen young creators get partner because I definitely have. Um, but I mean, if, if we were to like look at demographics, I'd be willing, I'd be a betting man 
not just because I live in Vegas, but I'd be a betting <laughs> man that a lot of the a lot of the people um, are like in the higher age ranges versus like my age range. Um, so, and it's kind of weird because like I'm very young, so there's still a lot to learn even after like a decade of like streaming um, total. And like, I think if we want to get technical with how long I've actually streamed on Twitch, probably like six or seven years. Um, but again, I've been a user on the platform for a long time. So I've seen a lot of changes. If you ask me a question about Twitch, I probably know the answer to it and probably know way too many details, which is probably apparent in these tangents. So um, that's a little insight though, into the, uh, I guess, differences between like just being a broadcaster, just starting out building your community, making it to the Twitch affiliate program, continuing to build off and then making it to Twitch partnership. Um, there is also the Twitch ambassador program, but that is, I think that started around 2018, 2019. And, uh, that kind of encompasses like a variety of Twitch partners. Cause I believe you have to be a partner to end up becoming an ambassador, uh, on Twitch. Um, and that's like a recent program they introduced, but at the moment it's, it's pretty elusive. There's only a very small handful of the tens of thousands of partners that are actually part of that program. I'm not one of them, but um, there are quite a few people that I know that are in that program. I think it's, it's weird because I, I, I'm, like, I'm very, almost like very detached from Twitch really. Like I, I do it for sure. fun. I treat it as like a second job, but it's mostly a lark. Um, and like, I, I yeah. think I see a lot of people who maybe get lost in that space between partner and affiliate because the, you know, affiliates like yeah. three concurrent viewers, 75 uh, when yeah. you know not to get like too technical but when you have market saturation of lots of people streaming at the same level there is only a certain number of viewership that is can be distributed between those particularly when you have your big big high view channels you know like events and stuff um so yeah. I, I feel like I, I know plenty of people who are like it'd be nice if there was something in between or like a, like another stepping stone or like you know a lot of people i feel like i see a lot of creators who are very focused on well, how do I get more views? How do I get more eyes on, on my content? Um, and I yeah. feel like it's a really interesting, especially when you compare that with like, well, there is this secret door that even partners are trying to get behind. There's this next level to try and get to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely aspiring to like someday be an ambassador. But I mean, even then, like there's, I think, I think not known to a lot of people because they don't visit the page so you you know about like twitch teams like you can be part of a team of like different creators there's like a special team page just for ambassadors so you can view all the twitch ambassadors um you can categorize it by year to see what year certain creators like actually became a twitch ambassador and then at the very bottom of the page there's like an interest form that you can fill out so um if you want to be a Twitch ambassador, but if you're not a Twitch partner, don't fill out the form because one of the questions asks if you're a Twitch partner, because it's one of the, I guess, requirements in order to get invited to the ambassador program. So I guess the interest form is kind of like an application, but I'm pretty sure there have been some ambassadors that have not even known about the form that end up getting invited by Twitch anyway. Um, But it's a good way to like let Twitch know like, Hey, this will be something I would genuinely be interested in. Um, but yeah, that program is still very much in development. I think it actually started with uh, TwitchCon. They had like TwitchCon ambassadors like for the show where they like, you know, 
gave them meet and greets. They got like, you know, special events they got to be a part of, you know, special promotions. Um, and then they eventually were like, all right, let's do like a Twitch ambassador program. So uh, they brought in different partners um, and they've just kind of grown it ever since slowly, but surely I've ended up like um, one of the recent events I went to was the game awards, like 2021 um, in Los Angeles. I got an invite to it after like going, it was kind of a weird way. Like I got invited as a fan. Cause I like Jeff Keighley hosted a bunch of zoom calls and we got to like interact with him. And he decided that year to invite all the people who went to his zoom calls. Um, so that's how I was snuck in an invite. It wasn't like Twitch being like, Hey, you want to go? Cause what they did was, um, when I was there, there was a whole group of Twitch ambassadors that were there. Um, and a couple of the Twitch staff that were also like monitoring them because they had invited them. So from what I gather from the ambassador program, like there are like additional, like, I guess, benefits at some point. Um, so like your little checkmark badge that you get for being verified um, in the chat, it changes to like an ambassador specific color. So like it separates itself just from the Twitch partner checkmark. And then... Um, and then, yeah, they get to do things sometimes, like they get to travel, they get promotional opportunities. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I've seen a lot of ambassadors, like, uh, get brand deals by the looks of it. Like, they get to interact with different brands, um, which is really cool. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been very interesting to kind of see how that program continues to develop over time. Um, it's something... I don't know. I've been watching closely just out of straight curiosity, also, of course, of interest. But um, it's it's really cool to kind of like see how that program grows. And it is like this stepping stone. It is like that secret door. Like you don't really know how to get into it. Um, but um, if you turn the right corners, then it's there, you know. Um, and of course, you can turn the corner to where you can express your interest. But um, uh, there has to be a response to that on Twitch's end to actually bring you into the program. So um yeah, it's and I mean, there's a lot of Twitch partners out there that you could argue are already ambassadors for the platform, because as a partner, you're already one of the like role models within the Twitch community. So um, at least that's kind of like, I guess, the standard that comes behind partnership. Um, there are certainly standards within the partner program, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could talk about all these different <laughs> things for hours, <laughs> but fine. then we'd be here for way too long. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious then, because how how did you find managing doing your degree while being ah. like a Twitch person? Like, how did you manage that? Because you know, that to me kind of blows my mind to to a, to a yeah. level of like managing both of those careers that is obviously yeah. seem in some way linked. But you know, like Twitch isn't going to help you get your coursework done. Right. No, uh, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that is the golden age, like million dollar question for me, like, you know, balancing like something like school and streaming. And it's been that way literally up until I graduated in December, my entire streaming career from start until December, 2021 has been while balancing school. I mean, cause like thinking back, there's laws in place that prevent you from creating Twitch or YouTube accounts until you turn 13, uh, the COPA laws, I think, and, uh, like the childhood protection, you know, laws and stuff like that, that are in place. And, uh, so I didn't really like get into it until I was 13. Um, and at that point, I think I was in like middle school. So I have been, you know, and it started out just for fun too. So like, I mean, I wasn't trying to be like, 
the next like number one Twitch streamer at the time or YouTube streamer, I guess. Um, but I was, I was definitely having fun with it. Um, just enjoying my time, like, you know, doing a stream every now and then when I wasn't busy or, you know, so if I didn't have homework for the day, I'd just fire up a stream or work on a video or something like that. Um, and eventually, um, going into high school and eventually like college, um, definitely was more consistent about like having a planner, um, you know, so I could block out time. Um, cause I did the thing that people tell you not to do, which is to get too involved, um, at, you know, college. That's what I did. I did all the orgs. I did all the executive leader positions. Um, I did all the things, kept myself busy outside of streaming. And somehow every now and then I ended up, uh, getting to stream, but there were times where I had to like put streaming aside because my number one focus at that time, I am a full-time student. I am trying to get a degree. That is why I am here. So I was focused on that. Well, Mike, um, come on, that's way and- too sensible. What's going on here? This, <laughs> this sensible attitude, like mature adulting. What's this? Come on. Yeah. Twitch streamer being like mature. That's crazy. Wow. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um I I did graduate with um like top honors, I guess is what it is. Like uh the, they have like Latin honors on your undergraduate degrees that you can get. Um so I I I I did work very hard for my degree, but at the same time like if I was not busy in the summer, if I wasn't at work, if I wasn't at a meeting, like I would, you know, do things like watching other people stream. Uh, I would do my own streams, do charity streams. Uh, I mean, just, uh, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a very, very long and convoluted answer in terms of like how I found a balance. But my answer is that like, there's not like a perfect balance uh, between like school and like streaming and stuff. There are times where you're going to have to like set something aside in order to like, I don't know, do what you want. Like, for example, if I want to stream on this day, okay, I need to get all my assignments done for all these days. So I, I often did work ahead. Um, especially like when management, I believe they call that in the professional world. Yeah, that is, (laughs) that's what they call that time management. Um, very, very key, very important. Um, it was good to like stick to a little routine for sure. Um, it's it's just it's it's so imperative if you're because i mean i recently watched a streamer who's about to go to college and i'm like yeah time management is like absolutely like the number one key in order to like be able to continue like streaming while you're going after a degree going after a program um and there are streamers out there who are affiliates and partners who have undergraduate degrees like me they have master's degrees i know someone who has a PhD. I know someone who teaches college and somehow also streams full-time, which I don't know how they do it, but they do. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting how, uh, there's just so many different people out there who are on platforms like Twitch, YouTube, et cetera, um, who are still able to like devote time into content creation. Time management works differently for everyone. So, I mean, what works for someone might not work for you. Um, it, uh, it, 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 you kind of have to find your own unique rhythm to it. And when it comes to content creation, like at the end of the day, like, unless you're like teaming up with someone or you're part of an organization, like you are your own CEO. So you kind of make the calls and make the shots in terms of how your schedule is going to look for the week, for the month. You know, if you're going to have a schedule, there were times where I didn't have a schedule and I just streamed whenever, um, when I was in college, but, uh, 
Um, nowadays, I'm actually like following a, I'm experimenting with new schedules now that I'm here in Vegas and like school's done and I'm looking forward to a great future of my content creation journey for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going one direction and the next direction with all these answers. I, I'm conscious of what, cause of what I don't want to, I don't want this to turn into like a, like, you know, Michael, tell us how to, I, I kind of want to avoid that if we can, but I do have two more questions that I'd really no, like yeah, to absolutely. probe. The first sure. one is say, you know, you are listening to this or you, I, I'm going to use myself an example. Like what would the cliche question of what would your number one sort of piece of advice be to help someone kind of develop? Because I think the big thing for me is it's, you know, um, not not uh, work harder, work smarter, you know, and I think you kind of have to like, right. pick pick the moves you make. Uh, again, for me, it's just mm-hmm. like it's a second job. It's very much I do it once a week. It's it's supplementary yeah. to what I do. But I think yeah. like, you know, the like getting people to, to turn up and then stay is kind of the challenge. But like that's like, you know, have thrown a party, right? People will turn up for an hour because it's polite and then they'll leave. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've had my fair share of people who come and go and that's life. Everyone's got a life, you know. I have a life. I'm a streamer, but I have a life, I promise. What? Um That's not a ladder. You're here <laughs> for my entertainment only. What's this? <laughs> right? So, um yeah, no. Um I mean, really like I mean, cuz when I started out like it was like to have fun, just to like share my experiences with other people in real time. Um, that was kind of like my purpose at the time. And, you know, whenever I defined my purpose, whenever I defined my niche and I was, you know, being myself, being how I wanted to, um, I guess, express myself on a live, you know, broadcast, like people kind of eventually just gravitated towards that. Um, I mean, uh, it's there there's no like like it, like if there was a golden answer like <laughs> yeah right. i would like everyone would be saying the same thing right yeah. um you you do get the little cliche answers like oh just be yourself just do it like that's that's all it takes and like on one hand sure it, it is that simple you just have to do it you just have to you know express yourself how you know you you want to for your community there's like so many different ways that you can express yourself on twitch and various different ways that people make it work um but um i don't know i feel like you know because you hear that advice so often that it's like you know okay i've heard it for like a thousand times so like you know what what other advice is like worthwhile right um i think you know again one thing i always did was like watching other people see you know taking the time to like I guess kind of like research how they did it. Not like I was doing it for a project or anything, but um, it was like just like sitting down and like interacting with a community of people. Um, You kind of become a part of their community in a sense. Um, There are other streamers whose communities I love, you know, dropping into Um, like, yes, I'm a broadcaster, but also like I'm a viewer and a community member, just like, everyone else like we're all in the same field here well, we're all in the same of, playing field you kind of hit on to my next sort of question which was does yeah. the stuff that you watch differ from from what you play because i think you know when i was like pushing <laughs> for affiliate i guess if you want to sort of say it in that way yeah like, sure i was watching a lot more twitch so i was in chat and I, i'd almost say i was networking you know what i mean like sure. you know what i mean like, you're, like i mean you're i get that chat. um whereas now because yeah. you know phd problems i physically have to like i 
I love chatting in chat, whether I'm watching or, or whatever. So I have to like just yeah. not allow myself to. I'm like a serial lurker. Like just because if I'm in <laughs> chat, I will do nothing else except be in chat and just be part of that thing. Um, so yeah, do, I mean, does like what you watch differ from what you do? I would say absolutely. Um, like 99% of the stuff that I watch. Uh, I mean, certainly I watch other people who stream the same stuff that I do, like Toontown. I always keep my eyes on that directory, even if like only one or two people are streaming. I always like to see who's there. If it's a new face, say hi, you know, do do things like that. But also um, there's a lot of creators out there who are like, I don't know. They stream all kinds of different games. Um, there are people who have a chaotic, like, uh, sarcastic culture. There are people who have like a really hype, everything's hype all the time culture. Um, and me, I'm just kind of like, you know, nice, chill, comfy vibes for the most part. We like to have, you know, insightful discussions every now and then, um, you know, sometimes moments do get pretty hype, but like, you know, I tend to keep things pretty chill and Hey, you know, it, it works. So um, I would say that a lot of the creators that I follow, they do a variety of different things. They have a variety of different, you know, cultures within their communities. Um, and it's just good to like, honestly, sit down and kind of see these different facets of Switch um, or YouTube or whatever platform you're like watching these live streams on. Because like, there's so many different kinds of creators that are doing so many different things, even as we're like sitting here chatting right now. Um, and it does boggle the mind when you really think about it that way. Um, so there's like multiple different avenues that you could go. Um, but you know, it, I, I, I just think if you're not being like authentic with how you present yourself, like, I mean, it's one thing to like, I'll backtrack a little bit just because <laughs> in a sense, like for most of my streaming career, I've been a persona, like, you know, name smirky it's obviously not my legal name you know my toontown character was my avatar and my brand presence for a while i'm changing it more to be me as a person but um it still plays a part in it so like there's certainly that side of it like we're performing is like a this is my communications degree coming out so you'll have to forgive me but we're all like performing as our like you know personas our aliases like it's not like my true psychology degree yeah There you go. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, we're all performing as like these personas or whatever. Like I would say that like how I act and perform on camera um, differs in a sense with how I perform off camera. Like I'm definitely like family friendly, brand friendly. Um, At at least that's the focus on my channel and my content. Um, I don't, I'm not saying I like swear every five seconds when I'm off camera because I don't, but um, I will, I guess, open that door just a little bit more, um, not like try to limit myself that way. So, see, it's, it's funny you say that because the, like I like, like I know people in the community who like have kids. So, I, the actual content, I, I might play like a game mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a little bit, I play like Death Stranding, for example, like has swearing yeah. and stuff, but I'm not like effing and jeffing constantly on stream. Uh, off stream, right, I swear right. like an absolute, like, trucker you would say in america you know i have a real podcast. yeah like <laughs> sure sure absolutely yeah um so in a sense there is like a sense of like performance that goes on with a good chunk of the twitch channels that you see but behind it there is like authenticity like there is like you know like i am presenting myself how i want to present myself like and there are people who express their true selves on twitch and um, you know, that is something that, um, you know, I always strive 
with, with our community. Like you can come into our community. You can talk about anything that's on your mind and uh, you know, it, it's like a positive space to do so, but also not like toxic positivity to where like, it's like a little overboard. I feel like maybe when I started out on my Twitch career or my streaming career as a whole, like I, if, if I looked back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree if someone said like, there's a sense of like toxic positivity here. Cause I was like young. So like positive, like positive to such I mean, an extent, to such a, a degree of, of taking that out of you, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> it does. It does. I've, you know, certainly gone through my own trials and tribulations, but um, I do, you know, try to, you know, I'm doing my best to take the positive, to po- take the positivity and put it in a more authentic light, <laughs> combining both here where like, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, we can smile and laugh and have a good time. Uh, um, but also, you know, if something serious is going on or, you know, someone's feeling down, you know, it's okay to talk about that and have those discussions. And, you know, I know that I've had feedback from my community where they certainly appreciate those conversations too. So um, I guess that's just from my standpoint, at least from my own experiences. But um, again, there are just so many like different environments on Twitch. If you hop from one channel to another, I mean, not all channels are created equal, right? Uh, especially if you're hopping between different directories, like even Toontown, like I'm known as like the brand friendly, happy go lucky, let's go do a boss fight. And then there's like, the next person over is like, yeah, just like saying all these, like all the satire, all this, all these sarcastic, mature remarks, you know, and uh, I couldn't do that on my streams, but they can do that on their streams and it works. So um, literally one of my roommates here is a Twitch partner who also streams Toontown and his channel environment's probably a bit different than my channel environment. I would, I would, I would say so. So uh, yeah, um, but a lot of room for nuance, you know, that's, that's kind of the joy of mm-hmm. it. I think like from, from my side of things, like you're with it, with an emphasis on like mental health, like uh, there, mm-hmm. there are some red flags, some things you've got to watch for. I was very lucky in that Absolutely. like people like anxiety exist. And like, yes, I was, was I love her for me to be like, so I'm thinking of starting this kind of thing. What would you advise? And she sent me some very heartfelt advice, which I took. Um, yes. But like you, you know, like even in like the mental health space, like you see people like having like group support sessions. It's like, yeah, really close to therapy, which is like really close to being unethical. Yeah, it's actually a little ironic that you bring that up because uh, starting today until like early November, I'm doing like weekly group sessions with uh, the Healthy Gamer GG side of things because uh, they, in the past, they partnered with Twitch to offer free individual coaching for uh twitch partners like this was a thing that happened like two or three years ago so i don't even know if they still offer it they might but um i'm not i it's been a while since i've like tapped into their services a little bit but um they asked me to be part of a little group coaching i don't know i don't know if it's coaching it's like a group session thing uh with a few other creators um so that's something i'm looking forward to like being a part of and seeing how that goes because yeah you know it's it's not supposed to be like a a supplement or replacement for like you know actual mental health services but um it definitely gets the gears turning but like i see a lot of things that make me feel anxious where like it's very close to people attempting to give professional advice or very close to professional advice and that's where i i I feel a bit icky um yeah yeah like i think like that absolutely that type of thing i think is a, a a lack of a better term 
like a syndrome of like toxic positivity so people went right well i can't just be super positive so i'm going to try and help people which is not a thing you should do without yeah. the proper licensure or certification sure absolutely <laughs> yeah like i can like if anyone has a question about like streaming i can certainly answer it but i'm not like the guru i'm not like you know i you know if something someone has a question about mental health like i'm I, streamers are not like therapists like exactly. <laughs> there's so many instances where content creators uh and streamers will like fall into that situation where it's like i guess like someone sees you as their therapist or something but that's that's not the case at all we're just we're normal people at the end of the day who like to play games or create music or you know host podcasts and uh broadcast it for a live audience um and you know we're all just you know everyone has their own unique stories to share and i think with streaming it kind of gives me a chance to share mine and also um uh i guess like enjoy the other stories that are out there too and uh you know it's like one thing to like build your network and do networking but it's another thing to actually like listen to people and hear their stories and get to like know people as people so yeah that's I think there's, like, something there's that i really enjoy to view like to use packs as an example like it's one thing to meet yeah. people that i saw as like these poster persons for like twitch and stuff um and you know yeah get that like really authentic just like no they're just like regular folks drinking yeah beers. i've <laughs> yeah no exactly like i've you know um there was a time where uh around the charity thing um saint jude children's research hospital invited me to their campus uh it was like 2019 they call it like their saint jude play live summit and they invite creators and industry leaders right so some of the creators they invited i you know had looked up to for a long time and um like I had dabbled in some like Toontown real life gathering things, but I think this was like the first event where it was like a bunch of creators and like, I didn't really that well know a lot of people there. So imposter syndrome definitely hit me hard. Um, but also like I was met with a bunch of like support and had great conversations. There were, there was a creator, um, Dr. Lupo, who is on YouTube now, but at the time he was on Twitch, um, he has millions of followers, go check him out. He's awesome. But he and uh, his wife, they, they, they were both there and uh you know internally you're like oh my gosh this person is here like standing right in front of me but um at the end of the day like you realize hey he they're just a normal person just like me you know even with set amount of following you know celebrities or whatever they're normal people just like us that whole thing um yeah so I don't know I've definitely like had my fair share of like, oh my gosh, this person is really cool. And I want to say hi to them. And then you realize like, yeah, they're just like, they're, you know, we, we, you know, we have things in common, like, you know, even though I'm just like this college kid or whatever, like, you know, we, we, we can find some common ground there, even though like, you know, cause we, a lot of people put content creators on like a pedestal and stuff, um, you know, idolizing other creators, idolizing things like Twitch partnership, Twitch ambassadorship. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that like, we're all, you know, on the same team. We're all the same people, you know, like, I don't know if any of this is making sense. <laughs> I know it is. Right. So I've got a couple, just a couple more sort of things to probe this a little bit. Right? The first one is going to be yeah. whimsical. And I want you to try and boil it down to a yes or no answer. Okay. okay. Um, do you think that sort of, youngsters and i'm saying youngsters in sort of parentheses sorry quotation marks yes um, got it who are like i want my career to be content creator 
like should sort of definitely try and pursue it? That is a good question. Um, cause, cause I mean, this is something I've thought about, especially recently. Um, cause you know, having just come out of school, I know you wanted a yes or no answer, but, um, having, yeah, having, having just come out of college, I've kind of been like, well, do I job hunt? Do I dabble in content creation a little more consistently for a little bit? Um, and I mean, I mean, if you really do have the passion and the fire for it, um, definitely like, like it, it's kind of like, yeah, go for it, but also like check yourself, like keep yourself in moderation. Like you don't want to like, you don't want to like, first of all, burn yourself out. Cause I've done that. That's, that's one, two. Um, you don't want to like, I don't know, say you have a job and you quit it for streaming or something like that and then because I think um the roommate I mentioned earlier at one point he did stream full-time for a while he considered himself a full-time streamer um and then he backtracked because he he had to get a job at at the time um because he needed to like pay bills got you got to do these things um adult you know that's something I'm getting into now um (laughs) but um yeah I mean one another thing that's idolized a lot is full-time streaming so um I'm not, it's, it's not the thing that like, it can't be done. There are, there are people younger than me. I know who have way larger audiences than me who can make a living off of this. And like, that's awesome. That's great. Um, that's not something I can guarantee for every single youngster. If we want to put it in that context, (laughs) um, that's not something I can guarantee. So, you know, I would, you know, it's totally fine to like, give it a shot to, dabble in it for a while but i wouldn't make it i don't know like i see myself streaming for many years to come but also like it's not something that like in a way is like my entire life you know like i've i'm very like multifaceted i was doing all these things in school i did multiple things i got a communications degree but i was also singing in a choir and doing music things and music was a part of my life and still is and that's a whole nother facet of me that I enjoy doing. So if you're going to try to focus on streaming more consistently, you know, uh, which is something that I'm even experimenting with right now, um, you know, definitely, you know, it's totally fine to give it a shot, totally fine to like, you know, go after it. It's something I'm passionate about. I've been passionate about it for a decade. I mean, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't passionate about what I do. Um, but it's, it's just important to like, not make it your entire life. It's important to like, make sure that you find other things that make you happy as well. Not saying like discard streaming. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, you know, go after streaming. If it is something you want to try, just, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like me getting my degree, like make sure you have something to like, you know, fall back on if, you know, I guess it doesn't work out or, um, if you, if your passion for it burns out, like I've come close to my passion burning out for streaming over the past 10 years at times, but, um, I don't know. They're, they're just, uh, you know, cause like one of my friends recently was like, yeah, I'm like three fourths time streamer, like three quarters time streamer, not like full time, you know, cause they do other stuff on the side. And I'm like, I, I, I kind of appreciate that actually. Um, you know, because you're not making it your entire life. You're, you know, you might focus on it primarily, but you're also focusing on other stuff that makes you happy too. And I think, you know, if streaming is a big component of what ultimately 
fills that jar and makes it and makes you happy, then like, you know, absolutely go for it. Streaming has made me happy. Obviously, I mentioned burnout and stuff and I've struggled, but ultimately streaming makes me happy. That's why I'm starting to be more consistent right now. And I'm starting to make uh, the moves that I can and go after more opportunities that I can for sure. So I don't know, I guess that's just my two cents on that. You know, I, I definitely advocate for younger creators to pop out and, you know, give it a shot, but I definitely don't want to like see people make it, you know, the end all be all kind of thing. Cause I, you know, for my entire streaming career, I've made, you know, it was always streaming and something. So like right now I can't do streaming and school. So maybe I'll find something that fills the second half of that, the streaming and blank. I'll, I'll figure out what that is, but um, yeah. I mean, that, that was that. remarkably brilliant and candid advice. <laughs> I kind of asked Thank that, you. Like, because of, you know, you get this whole uh, media kind of thing of like, all kids want to do is, is be in the TikToks kind of business. Um, but, you know, back, back, back in my day, uh, you, you know, when I was a right. bit younger and like in school, it was like everyone wanted to be, a, everyone's always wanted to be the most popular thing, right? Whether it was a football sure. player or... Uh, you know, a singer or a movie star, or like you start to hear of people who are like, "I want to make the next big game." Sort of when when I was sort of a bit younger, so I think it's just yep. a synthesis of we obviously we want what is considered popular, right? Like, and and putting that emphasis on what makes you happy, I think, is really important. So you answered that question yeah. way better than I I thought. Uh, you, yeah, you could. it's like it's like it's like all the views, all the revenue, all the popularity is at the end of the day going to be those are all byproducts of you know your passion your happiness for what you put into your craft i think and i think that segues very nicely into uh segues segues into my next question very nicely because you you talked a little bit about burnout you talked a little about some of the challenges what is it that kind of keeps you fueled to keep going you know it's it's i think it's it's i have so i didn't have as much respect for content creators until I started doing it. And I would advise more people to try yeah. it. You have that appreciation for the amount of work that goes in it that you don't see. Absolutely. Um, right. And like, I honestly, I, I would maybe like to try it for like a month, but I don't think I could actually be a content creator full time. I don't think I have the skill set. That's just me being legitimately honest. Um, and that's okay. Cause I, I just don't think I, I possess the relevant, the relevant skills. Um, so what is mm-hmm. it that sort of, what's that fuel that sort of, keeps you going and keeps you moving in the space it's gonna be very cheesy but the community i mean for real though like i mean if it isn't for the people in in, that i've met through um (laughs) through content creation like i mean through streaming through playing a game like toontown of all things like if, if it wasn't for the people like i mean my passion would probably be long gone at this point i'd be like what's the point i mean um you know, it's kind of like going through your college classes and being like, what's the point of getting my degree? Um, especially for someone like me who didn't immediately get a job after college and is like focusing more on streaming right now. You know, you start to ask yourself, what's the point of this degree? But when I think about like the experiences I had, the people that I met, um, that that's the answer right there. I mean, it's very cheesy. It's very cliche, but it's true. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, if you know getting to go meet other creators at like industry events you know like packs and like getting those opportunities um 
like for me, it's never about, oh, hey, you get a little press badge, a little fancy content creator. You know, that's so cool. Wow. You don't have to pay for it. It's like, you know, again, that's all byproduct of, you know, the experiences I get to have that ultimately continue to, to fill up my tank and, you know, ignite my passion for what it is that I do. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, for example, like, again, I moved to Las Vegas last month. I have people who are very kind enough to take me in that I've known from the Twitch space for a long time. And I mean, I mean, I can honestly say that like Twitch has changed my life for the better. Um, you, YouTube has changed my life for the better. Like all these different platforms, all these that encompass that encompass my content creation experience over the past decade. It has, it has changed my life for the better. Um, obviously, again, there have been lows, but if I'm looking at the grand scheme of things, like, um, I mean, I just feel like very fulfilled that like, you know, my life has allowed me to meet the people that I met and will eventually allow me to meet more people that I will eventually meet. Um, I mean, that, that's really what, what it boils down to, um, as cheesy as it might seem on the outside. Like when I really think about it, it's like, I mean, the, these are the people that are like, friends for life, you know, they, they get it. They know what they, they understand what struggles I'm going through. We can talk about these things. Um, and I think ultimately through those conversations, I've been able to do things like, like panels more, especially this past year than I ever had before to like sit down and like, you know, cause I tend to like, listen a lot. I tend to observe a lot, but, um, I think because of the conversations I've had with people, when I do have something to say, it's thought out and it can be contribute. It can be contributory to the conversation. I, I know that like what I do, what, what, yeah, what I do has value. I can bring something to the table, no matter how weird it is to call myself a Toontown streamer as I have been for the past 10 years <laughs> up until starting to call myself a variety streamer. But um, you know, that also just kind of, you know, I don't know, makes me stand out makes me uh, recognize my worth and my value as well. So yeah, that's it's really, it's really funny. And that's where the train that. stops. <laughs> it's really funny you say that because like legitimately, like the, the answer to that question is the same thing I would say about my PhD at this point. And it's like, it's, it's the yeah. connections that I've made with, with peers, with professionals that like make yeah. the hours on hours of writing kind of worth it. Um, but it's funny, like you mentioned badges specifically that kind of, uh, resonated with me because I legitimately kept looking at my my packs badge and sort of like uh, taking nourishment from it because it just yeah. felt like the most unreal thing in the world to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've I used, mean, you've used the buzzword, buzzword imposter syndrome. I have no idea. I cannot explain to anyone rationally why I was allowed to stand on stage in front of a couple hundred people and try and be funny and then ask more intelligent people than me questions. I don't know why that was allowed to happen. <laughs> you were one of those people I was asking questions of on stage. You know, that blows yeah. my mind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll be in your shoes soon. So uh, I, 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 I've started dabbling in panel moderation as well. So uh, very, very excited for that. I don't know if I was hoodwinked, but I was told like, oh, you know, moderation, like if, if you're not feeling like super comfy, like moderation is a great place to start. Like have like 20 yeah. extra questions would be my advice <laughs> like... Abs- absolutely yeah in case things just kind of 
get back to square one you're like all right next question because i was like it'll be it'll be i've written enough down this will this will just carry itself and then like yeah wait yeah. no that was a quite a definitive answer uh... <laughs> yeah and suddenly you're writing down like five more questions <laughs> that come to your mind so yeah no um yeah that's that's my two cents on that though no it, it's great and i think so again uh for timey-wimey reasons we're recording yep. this prior to uh pax west um Correct. which is early september uh so it'll be just yep. before this episode comes out uh but how did you find pax west <laughs> no i'm joking um how how <laughs> when you listen to this back how, what are your expectations for how well it's going to go Ooh, and then I'm going to watch this back and be like, ha, that was funny. No, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, because um, this is my second PAX West that I've gone to. Um, my first one was last year, PAX West 2021. Um, and all the feedback I heard from PAX West 2021 while being there was like, wow, I mean, obviously pandemic, right? So, wow, this is very like low key. This is, there's not a lot of big names here it feels kind of quiet. Right. And I, I, I got all of that. So I, I walked away with it actually as like, all right, this gives me something to look forward to next time I come back. Um, so now that I'm actually going back and there are some big names on the exhibitor list, like Nintendo and Sega and Devolver Digital and all these amazing companies. Uh, it's like, you know, I, I do have a little bit of a heightened expectation, but I tend to not take too many expectations into things like if it is low-key and quiet cool i can find a way to make that work if it is super packed and super busy cool i can find a way to make that work too you know that means there's just always something to do um i'm very excited for pax west in particular because i get to be uh, moderating a panel all about charity streaming um, which is something that like is an important topic to me um as someone who has been charity streaming um uh, since consistently since 2018, I did do my first charity stream in 2014 on YouTube again, before it was cool and took off and creators raised tens of millions of dollars for different charities over the years. But, um, yeah, I, um, I definitely am looking forward to moderating that with an amazing group of panelists that have so much insight into the topic. Um, it's also, I, It'll be revealed soon, um, the, and this comes out after PAX, but um, our panel is a PAX Together pick, um, which is part of the, like, um, because uh, the panel we did at PAX East was a PAX Together pick, um, and uh, our panel on Charity Stream is also going to be a PAX Together pick, and that just basically, for those who don't know, it just basically means, like, your panel um, or booth or game, it means you're special and the best, <laughs> and it means that uh, you, you know, celebrate and uplift like you know i you know uh i would say like marginalized identities within gaming like you you provide representation to like certain communities and things like that um you know diversity all these important topics um and um they pack select handpicks different panels and organizations and uh games to like be a part of that initiative um at every show so um uh i'm glad that pax selected us for that so you'll they'll probably do additional marketing for that which is really cool 
Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to flex, but all of my East contributions were packs together picks. Uh, I'm quite proud to say. Hey. Uh, okay, seen, there you go. There you go. My own stuff on those banners filled my heart with an extra level of like equality, diversity, inclusion, joy. Like. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I I always make a constant effort to make sure like I'm uplifting voices both within my own identities like the lgbtqia plus community as well as identities that go beyond me like people of color like i have a lot of friends who are people of color and i you know they deserve a seat at the table just as much as i deserve a seat at the table that you deserve a seat at the table so that is a topic that i do get passionate about um as well which is why it makes being a packs together pick all the more sweeter um just being able to like say like, yeah, you know, we are like, you know, like, for example, we're going to talk about many different causes potentially that encompass and support so many different topics. So it's, you know, that's another reason why I said like, hey, this would be a good pick for PAX Together Picks and PAX was like, yeah, let's do it. So that was really cool. Um, So yeah, um, but overall for PAX West, I'm just very excited again to be back in the city of Seattle. I really enjoyed it when I was there last year. Um, Even though the show, people kept saying it was like quiet and stuff. I really enjoyed it. It was my first time in Seattle. So I really enjoyed getting to like walk around, explore the city, explore the life a little bit. Um, It's, it's a city I look forward to being back in again for Labor Day weekend for PAX West. Um, So I certainly just hope I get to meet all kinds of people. I have lots of friends that I've met before that are going, um, but I also hope I get to take the opportunity to meet new faces and strike conversations with people I know nothing about. So then we get to like connect and not just for the sake of like networking or whatever, but I just want to like get to know people. So um, I don't know. That's just a me thing though. So a lot, a lot to look forward to for PAX, I think. I I am like low key. uh, I'm putting it out into the ether to help manifest it. Uh, but like hoping to go PAX East and West next year. That is like on the, on the uh, the the manifestation uh, yeah. wish list. So uh, yeah. that's that's on the on the hopes there because PAX East was just and you know again like similar to yourself. People like yeah it was pretty chill and I was like I find it very overstimulating for all my senses. Uh, sure, I mean yeah, like you there are people who go to these events where some people might find it chill. For others, it, it, it's a lot. I mean, you even at Paxos 2021, there are thousands of people walking around, giant booths from these exhibitors, like Bandai Namco was showing off a game they had already released, Tales of Arise, and they had a pretty massive booth for that that garnered a lot of attention. And um, and then you just have this surrounding city. Seattle's a pretty bustling area, so I mean, it, it, go, going to events like this can be overstimulating for people, and that is important to recognize. So it's important to have spaces like at PAX. They have the AFK room uh, from Take, take this, this, I think. They yep. take this, yeah. So um, they, you know, it's important to have those dedicated spaces because for some people, these events can be a lot, and it can be anxiety-inducing, and uh, it can make you question why you even went to the event in the first place and you didn't just stay home in your little comfort bubble. But um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it is important to have those spaces though. So Great, great opportunity to show our uh, friends, friends of the show uh, over at Take This. Uh, yes, big, big respect right. to those people. Several of whom you can catch on this podcast. So a bit of shameless self-promotion there. Um, yes. <laughs> so we talked a lot then, and I think this this almost like falls into that set of cliche questions you ask a streamer. But 
you know, what do you do when you're not working, quote unquote? Because I feel like a lot of people sure. go, well, if you're playing games for work all day, the last thing you do when you turn, when you press the stop streaming button is boot up another game. <laughs> right. Sometimes you do, but uh, other you do. times you don't. Um, well, for me, I'm kind of in this situation where I'm still kind of figuring my life out because I just moved last month. So that kind of does factor into my answer a little bit. Um, but there have been a few times already where like I've gone out to like the strip just to like see the area, you know, the Las Vegas strip, the entertainment capital of the world um, to like, just walk around, see the sites, see some of the crazy things that they have on the strip um, and the is it, overpriced is it like food. As wild as like television and folklore have made Brits believe it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, having been here for only a month, um, I've 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 already seen when I'm not on the strip some wild moments, but um, when I am when I am out in the city, um, you know, there there certainly is a lot to do, and there is a lot going on. Um, I remember I was in downtown on like Fremont Street where like Circa is, and there's like a lot of people dancing to a band that's playing on stage, and you got like people trying to sell stuff over here, and I don't know this, I don't know, I just think like especially now because like it's summertime and then like we're gonna soon get into the holidays which is also gonna bring a lot more people here um yeah vegas definitely is hustling and bustling that is absolutely true but um yeah so in terms of what i do outside streaming um again other than just like maybe playing a game with my friends or something like that um if, if i can travel to an event i will um like packs like TwitchCon you know, things like that. Um, but locally, um, I don't know. I, uh, I've walked around some of the casinos a little bit, um, to just check that out. Cause, uh, you know, there's a lot of food options I've learned. I mean, there's just all the cuisines you could imagine in Las Vegas, which, uh, probably is why it's such a popular international destination, at least a part of it too. Um, there's just so many fancy sites. Um, like you have the water, show at the Bellagio and you have all the circuses and you have um like a little fire show at the Mirage and there's all kinds of stuff um to do here to see and it's really cool so anytime I get to go out with my friends or something like that I absolutely take the opportunity to do that because um after I graduated and I was living with my dad for a little bit like I just kind of sat there in my room and didn't do much and mental health was kind of crash and burn but um now i'm like actually in a place where i can like walk to get food i can i can uh actually like go you know see a movie or a show or just like watch a friend like i don't know gamble a little bit if you know <laughs> they they want to if they want to indulge in that um just like just just enjoy the company of like the people around me um, I, I do feel like so Vegas I do enjoy... is, is one of the few places you could go and just people watch and that be extra entertaining. Yeah, I mean, there's always someone doing something. So uh, whether it's like getting a big one on a slot machine or just doing a performance out on the street. Um, yeah, it's very fascinating to me. It's very cool. Um, as someone who just moved here, I, I certainly enjoy it. Um, obviously it is very, very hot here, so I don't go out all the time. I do like staying in the air conditioned space that I have here. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah and then i yeah that really is that that kind of encompasses what i do outside of streaming um although there you know i'm always like doing something as well with streaming maybe planning my next like youtube video maybe sending a bunch of emails for packs or for twitchcon or whatever um doing business behind the scenes that a lot of people don't really recognize um which is just kind of how it goes with content creation um but then there's also like the you know um company of uh my friends and the people that live here that i'm slowly but surely starting to meet and uh you know it's just it, it's very nice all around I, I i i'm sure i could go on a tangent about that too <laughs> but uh i'll i'll save us some time here <laughs> fair, fair. have you uh sort of played anything good recently or watched anything good recently that you can think to name um let's see just like shows and stuff like that i don't know your interest uh i don't really watch too much tv probably because i'm a gamer but um (laughs) i uh i don't know i mean the whole like Fortnite dragon ball z collaboration has been the talk of the house lately so what what could be in Fortnite? Fortnite, (laughs) i put my hands it's just it's one of those things that i just know is not for me so i've just never played it I mean, I haven't played it in so long, but uh, it's brought a lot of people back into the game, this particular collaboration, which is so interesting. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see how Fortnite has changed since I last played it. But um, it's, How, how um, have they Dragon Ball Z'd it? Because I know a lot about Dragon Ball Z, and I know enough yeah, about they, uh, Fortnite. So how? They brought in uh, skins for Son Goku and a few other characters, Vegeta, Beerus, and Bulma. Um, so you can like play as those characters as well as get a bunch of cosmetics. Um it's, this feels like a hashtag sponsored segment, honestly. <laughs> Just being like, Gen- all right, here's what you can get. Morbid <laughs> yeah, no. Um <laughs> yeah, and then um they have like I think right now you can even like watch Dragon Ball episodes within Fortnite as part of their like creative like mode. I obviously can't do that on stream. I don't think, but um, there's like, they have like little areas where you can like do that and it's pretty interesting. So they, they really went all out with this collaboration, um, which, and Fortnite, I'm always an observer with Fortnite and like, they always go all in with some of their like concert events and things like that. Um, even though I don't play it religiously or anything, I think it's just really cool. Like how much it just like opens the door for people to get introduced into gaming, into things like content creation when they watch their favorite content creator reacting to these kinds of events. Um, I don't know, very off topic, but with content creation, when I think of stuff like that it's kind of like how crucial like content creation is to the game development process because like you got to get your game out there right um and i'm not just saying this just because i have the game developers conference hat on because <laughs> i went to gdc but um <laughs> i uh it, you, you kind of realize how important your role is as a content creator and how like you know um you know it's more valuable than like you think i think I won't name names, but someone reached out to me recently and just dropped me a Steam code for their game because, like, uh, they were, you know, because they're like, "Hey, we would love for you to like play our game and like check it out," you know. So, it it's uh, it's pretty interesting how like how important consecration is to the game development process, and like I think that's something that slowly more and more people are starting to recognize, especially as consecration continues to grow. So it's funny you point that out as well because I'm kind of like 
games industry adjacent with sort of like psychology but like with looking at games specifically yeah and you know we're, we're trying yep. to imp- diplomatically we're trying to improve relations between the industry and ourselves we've given ourselves a bad yeah. one. different tangent um but like fair enough but like a, you know the kind of joke in the game studies community is that the, the trifecta you want to hit is a games for change a pax and gdc i've got two of those so gdc's on the hit list yep um i'm just trying to be like there you go. yes my value is an academic in games and my uh, my go-to yeah. joke to tie us back to Fortnite is I always joke, do you want, do you want to know why Fortnite's so good? Because they had a psychologist, Dr. Celia Hoden, help make it so good. That's why. She, she did the usability for it. There you go. That's why it's so good. I love it. And I, I actually, love it. Um, That's I, awesome. I did a talk recently that was to like, so like school-age people talking about like cyber psychology. So I was talking about you know, my favorite mm-hmm. games. And I dropped that in. I was like, you're no Fortnite, right? And they all sort of like, there he is, all picked up. I was like, yeah, yeah. psychologists help make it good, mate. That's how. That's how. And they were like, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's truth. truth. There you go. I, I love feel that. Like, that's um, awesome. Obviously, again, timey wimey reasons, but like uh, Cult of the Lamb is like the hot game at the moment. Everyone is I, I playing did, it. I did. Yep. I did get um, a review code to stream it early, uh, like the day before it came out um, from Devolver. And it was so much fun using the little Twitch integration. That's like, it is game changing in the sense that like, yeah, this is a game that only I can play like single player, but it's so interactive to the point where like, you know, it feels like my audience is a part of the experience. So it it, it is a really good game. I've heard lots of good things about it from other creators as well. Um, highly recommend it uh, if you're looking for a game to stream. Do you think like that is like the next evolution of like games? Like, like having games that are like specifically designed to have like Twitch integrations, like this is literally an idea that I've had like just yeah. now. This is off script. Yeah, you just kind of made yeah. me go like, no. I want because you know maybe every, everyone's heard of Jackbox, right? Like everyone was playing that particularly through the pandemic. Yeah. But like we, I love Jackbox games. Maybe is is that maybe a future direction that we'll see games go? Because I mean, you've seen games like uh, games with choices in. I love like a bit of narrative drama, like you know, uh, Life is Strange. Yeah. Uh, and I love horror, Life is Strange. Things like that the query yeah i mean i think yeah i think um i don't know if maybe it's a possible avenue i mean it's certainly not like the one and only like possible direction the industry could go but um it certainly is a viable option i think um it'd be interesting to see more games uh integrate things like twitch and youtube streams into uh some kind of live interaction component for creators to like you know engage with their communities and that way it's not just like a single player game it's you know everyone's involved it's kind of like that um how like twitch plays pokemon was so revolutionary back in the day um where you would put in a command in chat and it would interact with the game it's kind of like that in a sense and um i think that has essentially revolutionized the whole new genre of streaming and gaming and uh i think with a game like cold the lame it kind of brings that back to the table like you know is this something that could be you know part of the future of gaming and i think it could definitely be a part of it at least from my perspective the only two things that i remember about twitch plays pokemon was that it started and i went that's ridiculous and then like years later it was like they actually finished it you know and i was like no and like they're like yeah, yeah. wild I, I i remember i remember when uh twitch plays pokemon started out and i dabbled in it a little bit on their first uh playthrough and uh yeah, that was just one of the most fun times ever, just like religiously watching that channel um, and just seeing how 
Twitch revolutionized as a platform in that sense because of it. So yeah, uh, hopefully there will be more Twitch plays in the future. I'd certainly love to host something like that on my streams in the future because that's just, that's awesome. I love it so much. So we sort of get towards the sort of winding down element of the podcast where everyone can get themselves a cup of cocoa and prepare themselves for a nice comfy sort of knees up at the end. Um, But one of the sort of questions I like to ask is, if you had like no limitations, so you had unlimited access to resources, people, time, skills, is there like a project or a thing that you would like to do? Like truly the biggest blue sky answer that you can think of. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'm going to formulate this now. I mean, things I think of I'm passionate about are streaming and charity streaming in particular. If there's some kind of massive project I could work on in the future that like I'd be able to, to, you know, fundraise for a or multiple like causes doing something massive. I mean, I mean, certainly I'm broadening my scope with streaming now, not exclusively streaming Toontown, but streaming other stuff, which I think is going to help me open doors to new ideas as I continue to do it. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> for me being like the blue sky recently has been like getting on these panels, which is just a whole new world that I'm enjoying. So um, if there's a way to do some kind of show maybe where like we're bringing people together to fundraise for said cause by doing said things. I know that's something that a lot that people have done uh, that are like large scale, but I don't know. It'd be cool to do something like that with uh, while also, you know, bringing in people of all, you know, sizes, all diversities, like, like, like you know, char- charity different creators, con, you know, a big, yeah. a big charity amazing <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That would, it, 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 it would be cool to do some kind of like, if I were to do some kind of big blue sky thing, host some kind of convention that's like charity centric or I don't know. Um, it, it, that question definitely gets the gears turning though, if anything, um, like well, so what more could I do? To kind of pick your brains a little bit further on that, what would like your ideal charity event look like? You could do anything. And, and I pose that because there's a little tidbit of information I'll drop in. The first stream I ever actually did was a charity stream. Um, wow purely because so it was it was uh, during 2020 it was the Ju- it was july mm-hmm. um that i found out i was going to be starting my phd so i wanted to celebrate but obviously it was hard to like do a fun run or something i was like well, what can i do i was like i can play computer games and that will help us raise money so yeah you know, uh, way back when yeah helped raise money for a mcmillan cancer support uh an organization very close to my heart uh and that was a one of the funniest and wildest things I've ever done. 24 hour solid, never having streamed ah. before. Like I did like a couple of tests and it was just asking lots of people that I knew that knew how to stream. Like, how do I make sure it doesn't blow up? Uh, <laughs> and like, that was, that was super fun. But like, yeah, what would your like ideal charity event kind of look like? Well, a lot of the charity streams I've done have been on my own, like, you know, in terms of like just me being the host of like, you know, in- encouraging people to donate, you know, being the host behind the lens of the camera, like what I'm streaming. But it'd be cool to like get other people involved um, 
Any, It'd be any, cool to any like any names on the on the list you'd love to get them on. Let's manifest that as make it happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean gosh, like I mean, on one hand, it's like I don't exactly have to manifest it. I could like just DM these people and be like, hey, you know, and even if they don't give it to me, like, you know, can't say I didn't try. Um, because there's a lot of creators that I have interacted with very recently that are like really well-known ambassadors for said charities or um which which is great um you you meet a lot of creators being part of the like saint jude family and being an ambassador for them so i i mean it'd be cool to like get get a group of those folks together and either do something for saint jude or maybe do you know another cause that's close to our heart because like I remember there, there there was something in 2021 called Hand in Hand from three different creators. It was Little Siha, Bloody Faster, and Nega Oryx, and they collaborated with all three of their communities to raise so much money. I think they ended up raising like I want to say half a million dollars. I want to say it was half a million dollars for St. Jude. And like those are the kinds of things I think would be amazing to see more of because like for a lot of what I've done being in the Toontown community, there's only so much I can do. But like, as I branch out into variety streaming, there's like so many more doors that I see that I could open. And I want to bring other people on that path with me. I, you know, for the purposes of uplifting others, for the purposes of meeting others, like it would be really cool to just work with all these like other amazing creators and like, you know, just, I don't know. My brain is kind of fried at like the whole idea of just like getting, getting people together and um, just making cool shit happen at the end of the day, I think. Right. Like just that's, that, that's all it comes down to really. So do, do cool shit, um, have fun, raise money. Easy. If I mean, that, yeah, I mean, and I guess I haven't really thought of like super large scale thing. What if it was like live from Las Vegas? <laughs> like, I mean, Twitch has hosted events here before. You, you never know. Maybe, maybe someday they'll be like, let's host something here. That'd Why be really not? cool. Like, you know what I mean? Why not? So to, that, that, that's my answer. I took way too long to get to that answer. No, I, that's I love it. Answer. The whole, the whole point is that we think about it, we get something beautiful and then you never know. What's gonna happen. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, not because, yeah. like, I, I haven't hosted several of these now or all of the questions, but that's a nice segue into, is there anyone who sort of inspires you that you'd love to give a little shout out to? We, we You can literally name anyone. We've had people name their parents, their loved ones, their pets. Um, but I just think it's really nice to, when we talk about what we do and, and sort of why we do it, to give a little shout out to, to yeah. the people that sort of, you know, made us even think about it, you know? Yeah. Um... I mean, as a young 13-year-old person just starting out with consecration, I certainly just remember watching different videos on YouTube and that inspired me to like, hey, maybe I should start making videos. Maybe I should start like, you know, streaming, stuff like that. So um, I don't know if anyone from my community is going to listen, but if those people knew who they are, then um, huge ups to them for like even getting my path started. Um, for inspiring me that way and then i'm always constantly inspired by some of the amazing work of a lot of the other uh twitch partners twitch ambassadors saint jude ambassadors like the the saint jude family has been very tight-knit i think like we're all very supportive of each other 
um, whether you're just joining the fundraising efforts for them, or if you're, you know, if you've been a veteran for a long time, like, um, I certainly just feel very connected to that group. And, um, I'm very grateful to just know the people that I know in my network. Um, and just like on platforms like Twitch and YouTube, like it, I don't know. I, I shouldn't be thinking of the analogy of like being a small fish in a big pond or whatever, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, like I am a small part of like something much bigger. And like, even if I am just like a small part of that, like it makes all the difference. You, you know, you, I don't know, throw multiple rocks into the pond to make a bigger ripple or something like that. <laughs> Some of the hole is greater than the, the Some of the hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I think exactly. that's, that's true um, when, when you're talking about collectives and I think particularly when we're talking about charity, you know, I think it's really, cause I think the other yeah. side of that coin is that like every, every dollar matters. It doesn't matter the size or scale of like you as a streamer because if you raise any money that's more money than the charity had previously and that's a really important deal yeah um i've been inspired by i mentioned dr lupo before and i mean like the reason i freaked out internally over him when i first met him was because like he's done so much work for causes like saint jude he's raised millions and like that to me is just so admirable and like um you know he he uh he's still kicking it and uh i'm just like you know really inspired by him um i know he's on youtube and not on twitch and i admittedly don't watch as many youtube streams these days but um i know that i you know i'm still cheering him on as he you know posts his newest videos and things like that and uh yeah i guess if that's one particular creator to name that I always look up to that certainly would be one. Um, I've definitely met him already a couple of times. I met him at St. Jude and then I met him again at PAX South in 2020 in January before the pandemic. And like, we were like, Hey, we're going to see you at the, at St. Jude again. Right. And he's like, I'll probably be there. And I'm like, cool. And then obviously <laughs> life. life. So um, that didn't happen, but um, you know, hopefully I get to see him again. Uh, Cause that would be cool. I know he's done a lot of great work since. And uh, yeah, I guess that's the one person I would, you know, say that I continue to be inspired by. There are countless others that I certainly get inspired by. Um, but if I went through that whole list, then we'd be here for several hours and I don't want to <laughs> take up that much time. Um, there, there are just so many amazing creators doing so many amazing things and I'm always noticing it. And it inspires me to put some uh, fuel into uh, this amazing fire that I've created that is very, you know, built with passion, with love. Um, so, you know, um, it, seeing other, seeing other creators like do amazing work allows me to recognize the value of my work too. So that's what I would say. And, uh, especially, you know, the added bonus of like getting to do panels and travel to events and meet them in person. That's always like a bonus too. Excellent. Uh, so I like to always sort of end off with a few sort of quick fire questions. Uh, okay. A little concept that is definitely 100% not copyright stolen because it's not copyrighted, but concept <laughs> stolen from Desert Island Disc. Uh, it's not that. Don't get right. that confused with this. Um, but you are going on a little retreat <laughs> for a rest uh, for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, you're going to yeah. take with you one film or sort of box set of films a collection like if you can buy them on package i'll let you take it I'm, I'm a little bit chill about it um one album one book and one video game what do you take okay so for the film um so <laughs> 
So growing up as a kid, I loved Pokemon. I still love Pokemon. And I actually recently, as I was moving here to Vegas, I re I relocated. Um, it's like a it's like a um pack of DVDs of some of the most um some of the most uh I guess popular slash um meaningful like Pokemon anime episodes from like the first few oh, seasons nice, nice. of the anime um and i've i just remember as a kid always loving to sit down and just go through each of those episodes and just really enjoy the adventures of ash misty and brock going to all these different places meeting all these different pokemon and um i always just like love pulling out that little box of dvds that i have it's like pokemon all stars something like I don't know how many people have it. I don't know if I were to sell it, how much it would sell for, but um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a little special keepsake that I have that I really enjoy. Um, then one album. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, as a kid, I liked listening to Owl City and I just saw on Facebook, I think that Owl City's starting to make a return again, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I guess if I were to bring an album, I would bring like, um, one of their like uh past like not like fireflies was a single but I for, i'm forgetting the name of the album because it's been so long since i listened to it but i'm thinking about it um there's there's just so many good songs from al city that i would definitely bring an album from them um a book i admittedly am not as much of an avid reader but um let's see um if I were to bring a book, um, as a kid, I remember reading a lot of the, uh, was it the Magic Treehouse series, I think? I think that's what it was called. Um, I just, I read so many of those books. Yeah, it's a book series, the Magic Treehouse. Um, it's a children's book by Mary Pope Osborne. Um, I read those so much as a kid. I would remember just diving into all these crazy adventures and maybe things didn't have to make sense, but that was okay. Um, Cause I just really enjoyed it as a kid. Um, it'd be cool to relive my childhood and just go through all those books again. Oh gosh. And then a, a video game that I would bring with me. Um, <laughs> obviously I play a lot of video games, so I'm sure there would be so many that I would take with me. Um, Do you not like you contractually gosh. obliged to say Toontown, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> oh my gosh um <laughs> so, so the way people yeah, I, tend to answer this question is one of two ways they just kind of either pick like their <laughs> favorite game or like they pick the game that they know that they will like get like hundreds of hours out of or that has like lots of replayability and the people tend to go down one of those routes i've noticed yeah 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 absolutely i mean i always find a lot of replayability off, out of like the pokemon franchise but i already answered pokemon earlier so i'm not going to make that my official answer um I'm going to say, um, so I don't know, as a kid, again, all these just like, I don't know, I guess I, if I go on a retreat, powerful. it's nostalgia. Yeah. Hey, I bring nostalgia to people's lives with Toontown. Okay. So I think that nostalgia for me, I deserve a little so bit of nostalgia. I, too. I, I was going to try and so I was saving this film, but I remember when Toontown came out. I remember those days. I remember seeing the TV <laughs> advertisements for it. That yep. was stuff like I remember too. World of Warcraft was becoming popularized. Yes. RuneScape yes. was like if you couldn't afford yes. to play WoW, you played that. You know, Toontown yeah. was there as well. Like, you know, it was way yeah. back when. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would say 
<sighs> um, it was it was on the tip of my tongue actually, and then I forgot, but that's okay. It was uh, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, it was. Da, da, da. oh um mario kart double dash um i do enjoy me some good mario kart and i never actually owned a gamecube growing up but i went to this kid's haircut place and they had a gamecube so i would always play games like luigi's mansion and mario kart and i'd have no idea what i was doing but i would just have a blast just playing it while growing up so um i don't actually own a copy of mario kart double dash but um I would like to get one, maybe get my own GameCube and then check it out um, or get a Wii so I can put the GameCube thing in it. Um, I did one of my... With previous generation compatibility? That's yeah, not a thing. backward compatibility. Not, not anymore, right? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I do have a... Um, I have a Japanese GameCube copy of Luigi's Mansion because um, there's a speedrunner by the name of Fire Dragon who's also a Twitch ambassador who's a really good friend of mine and I ended up winning one of his like giveaways somehow um totally not rigged but um he gave me a signed copy of it so um i don't know if i'll ever open it up but uh i have it right here so um if i ever if it's on the wall so if i ever uh get a gamecube then maybe i'll give it a shot we'll see um probably won't beat his record or anything i would take (laughs) the longest amount of time to get through it uh speed running is definitely an art of its own um but yeah, I don't know. I guess those would be all my answers. It would be a very nostalgic retreat. That's the whole point. You're going away for some rest, relaxation, chilling out. I do have to ask because yeah. it, it's come up on the podcast before, and I got I got a bit of grief for it. To be fair, but what is your preferred mm. starter type? Do you go by type? Do you just go by out of the three? What's your What's your thought process? Ooh. goodness. Um, certainly I. Uh... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, thinking about it, I've definitely hopped around different stars in the past. Like, uh, I know I got like Turtwig and then I've gotten, uh, I don't know. Cause I started playing Pokemon around gen three. So I think I was all about, um, either Trico or Torchic. So I don't know. I just, I remember like, just, you know, whichever one looks cool, I guess. I don't know. Um, I've hopped around the three different starters. Um, uh it i don't know sometimes there's one that like speaks to me like i don't know what it is about quaxley in scarlet and violet <laughs> that's coming out that hair that hair just like oh man and there's just it, it's it's the duck i mean i i can't i can't if, say no to the duck if quaxley doesn't I, evolve <laughs> into like a water duck elvis i'm gonna be really sad <laughs> oh my gosh that would be so funny and hey uh i mean i don't know it would it, it, it would be cool to see something like that um I, I know Pokemon's going to be at PAX. They're on the exhibitor list. I don't know if it's just for a trading card game. Obviously, by the time this comes out, we'll already know. We'll know. But, um, <laughs> we'll know. We'll know. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool um, to like see what the evolutions are because I think that'll help factor in my decision. I don't always stick to one type. I do. I do hop around the different types. So um, whichever one speaks to me at that time. That's fair. Okay. And then which last... right now it is the adorable Quaxley. Last so, one on this, Scarlet or Violet? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. So when it comes to choosing versions, um, I do have a twin sister, and we would always get, like, the same Pokemon games together. Um, so it would be, like, you get one version, I get the other version, 
and nice. were able to like trade and stuff. Um, but I don't think that really applies here anymore. Um, I, I am trying to see what my roommates want. I think the consensus is Scarlet. Um, part of me kind of wants Scarlet though, even though like the trend has me going towards Violet. And obviously I do stream on Twitch. I do like the color purple, but I really like the legendary and Scarlet. So I don't know yet. Um, I'm still a little torn, but um, both games look great. And I'm sure that um, whatever I choose is going to be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll get both. You never know. They do have those uh, mega bundles. So they, best they, of both exist. Ways. they exist. They do. Okay, so I always like to turn the tables and say, do you have any questions for me? Uh, I have been asked the Desert Island one, I think, a couple of times now. I think like once a season it seems to crop up. Um, but anything mm-hmm. that has come to mind that you want to ask me, feel free. Okay, do you, do you remember a lot about like the species in Toontown? Like which, which like species you can create? Because if so, I want to know like which one you would create. Uh, I, I honestly, I know that's I, a weird question. No, no, honestly, I, I don't, I don't remember much, but I think, okay. Like, Cause I'll, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I remember like it being advertised. I mean, like one of those, oh, I'll look yeah. at this and then just never doing it because I was a child and had no attention span. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, Here, I'll, I'll briefly, I'll go through the list of species you can select in yeah. the Toontown rewritten server. Um, The, main toontown private server and you can tell me which one speaks most to you we have dog cat rabbit duck horse mouse monkey bear pig crocodile and deer i feel like do I feel like any of those i have to go to monkey for the fact that my twitch username is chimp Ah, <laughs> uh, okay i respect that i respect I, that I've we always we, had we, like a love for like monkeys and like yo, know, I know I know chimps, monkeys, yeah. and gorillas are technically different things. I had a mate as a zoologist to get very yes, yes, about yes. That. Uh, but yes. I, yeah, I've always loved that. Like if I could be an animal, I would be a long tail macaque, purely so I could okay. use my tail as like a, a, a an extra hand, <laughs> like hanging around on by my tail and holding fruit in both hands. It sounds like a dream. <laughs> nice, I love it. <laughs> That's cool. I, I'd say we need more monkeys in Toontown. It, the majority of Toontown players are team dog or team cat. So um, we, we, I, I'd say we need more monkeys. So I highly respect that answer. Yeah, it's both on brand. That's all I got. Also like legit, like yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I love well, it. This has been absolutely fantastic, Michael. I appreciate your time. Um, can you please just let us know where the best place to find you is? And then all those links will be attached to wherever you found the episode. Of course, of course. Uh, it's been really fun being on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, if you guys want to find me on any socials on Twitch, I have acquired the name Smirky, um, S-M-I-R-K-Y. Um, on every other platform, it's been taken in some way, shape, or form that I have to add an underscore here or an extra word. So uh, on Twitter, it's at underscore smirky. And then Instagram is at I'm smirky, like I am smirky. It's, it's, it's a struggle with these handles. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, YouTube, you should be able to just type smirky because my YouTube channel, just like my Twitch channel, is verified. So if you see the check mark next to smirky, you'll find it. I think it's technically called Smirky Live, but if you if you type Smirky, you'll find it. I'm just starting videos back up on there, which is fun. Um, yeah, um, pretty much if you just 
type smirky, you'll find me one way or another, and then you'll find the rest of my socials. So, um, but I do mainly stream on Twitch. Um, I'm kind of experimenting with the weekly schedule right now, and I don't have like a set start time. I tend to be streaming in the evenings, but I am toying with some midday start times as well. Um, but if you follow me on Twitter, Discord, things like that, you should be able to see when I'm live. If you ever want to stop by, see if we're playing Toontown or maybe some other kind of game. Uh, we're always doing something. Uh, and no matter how many people we have in chat, we're always having a good time. So, um, you know, you, you can find me around and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly be at events. I, I like going to events like PAX and, and TwitchCon. And, uh, hopefully by the time this, uh, this, uh, little podcast episode comes out, it will have already been announced that, uh, I'm doing a charity streaming panel at TwitchCon in addition to PAX West. So I am just very, very excited for everything I'm doing. So if you're going to either of those events, I'll be there. Um, yeah, but that's where you can find me. Just type Smirky. You'll, you'll find me if you're interested. Um, but yes, um, thank you, Chris, for having me on this podcast. This is really fun getting you to spend almost two hours talking <laughs> to you. I know this went a lot longer than I think either of us could have imagined, but there it was, was an absolute blast. There was a lot of wisdom and knowledge to be to be shared, garnered, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure everyone that listens to it will will enjoy that as well. So, yeah, Michael, thank you I so much. So. All that remains for me to do is to for our visual uh, engaged uh, viewers and you going to say listeners to flick over to the ending screen, uh, but otherwise we will say goodbye. Uh, take it easy, as ever. Look after your mind, body, and soul, and I'll see you again soon. Bye bye later <laughs> well thank you so much for listening to another episode of psyched to be with you i hope you enjoyed it just as much as i did if you did do please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast it really helps uh, otherwise check out the description of the episode for the links for the guest but also uh, to keep up with information about the show and myself uh, i really hope you enjoyed this listen uh, until next time take it easy look after your mind body and soul and i'll see you again for another episode very very soon Bye-bye.